Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout and I got to tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have, like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there, and I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again, and back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of Casper Dog Training Podcast. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Don't forget, check out missionrelief.com and use coupon code CASPER, C-A-S-P-E-R, for 20% off of everything except the bundles. Don't forget, you can't get the bundles. But you will get free shipping with that and then 20% off. So, hey, hit those guys up for great CBD products. Um, they have amazing dog chews. There's, there's, there's dog chews that um, I recently gave to my dog, and she just loves them. She plays with them. And um, actually, I mean, she's getting up there in years. Allie is now 10 years old, and I can definitely tell there's a difference when we do give her a daily uh, dose of CBD. So go over to missionrelief.com. I'm sorry, missionreliefnj.com, sorry, and use coupon code CASPER for 20% off and get your free shipping. So today we're going to be talking about free shaping and or capturing behaviors. Uh, It's something I do quite a bit with a lot of my my dogs and and clients. I think it's super important, and I think it's a a good topic for a lot of non-professional dog trainers to be made aware of so that they can actually start doing this regularly. And I'm also going to show you, and there's instances where you've done it and you don't actually know that you're doing it. So it's pretty, pretty darn important. But, you know, before we get off and, and start the episode, um, don't forget to check out my website, casperdogtraining.com. Uh, subscribe, follow, and like the podcast. Share it all over the place to show your appreciation and support because this is 100% free and it's out of my spare time and I appreciate every last one of you that listens. Also, you know, subscribe and, and, and share and all that stuff and throw a couple ratings. Uh, that would be great. It just generally makes me feel good. So I do appreciate that. So away we go with the podcast. So actually capturing behavior. A good example of this, uh, probably the easiest example I can give you all is uh, I, I ring a door, doorbell, go to the new client's house, and they have a dog that jumps all over me. Um, the dog wants my attention. Uh, it's common for the dog to do this, to get attention from family members, friends, guests, and anybody that walks through the door. 
um, basically your average silly, um, sweet pup that just wants uh, to be engaged with uh, the, the new guest or the new human that's coming through the door. And uh, the dogs just try to make you feel welcome the way they feel that, that that's appropriate. They've, they've rehearsed this behavior a million times before, jumping on every, everyone and everything that walks through the door, including the immediate family. So how free shaping works or capturing these behaviors that we want, obviously I don't want to be jumped on. So what I would typically do is allow the dog to go through that behavior, but don't pay them any attention. And I know that's easier said than done because if you have a 90-pound yellow lab or German Shepherd or Rottweiler that's hanging all over you, it's very difficult to ignore that. But you certainly have the ability to not talk to the dog, to look away from the dog and not make eye contact with the dog whatsoever. You can fold your arms, turn your back. You can walk away from the dog. Um, but where the free shaping comes in is as the dog gets more and more worn out or frustrated that that behavior, which works pretty much all the time for them, now all of a sudden is rendered ineffective. So the dog kind of thinks, huh, uh, something's going on here. This isn't working. And then they get bored with the whole activity, as dogs do. You know, how long could they possibly uh, maintain their excitement about a new guest walking through the door? Probably not too long. Some dogs more than others, obviously. There's there's outliers in, in any case. But here's the reality of it. The dog eventually is just going to get bored and sit and then probably lay down. So as soon as that dog settles and lays all the way down, I will act like the dog magically appeared out of nowhere. I'll reach right in my treat pouch. I'll grab a, a freeze-dried liver or whatever I'm carrying, bring it right to the dog's mouth, uh, reward the dog, give the dog two pets, and then be like, hey, buddy, what's up? And, and start talking to the dog right then and there. So that's capturing the behavior I want. And maybe that's not a normal behavior for this dog, but without barking commands, saying, no, get down, stop it, get off, shoving, pushing, all this stuff that people typically do, if we're free shaping, which is probably the easiest thing, because for you, you do nothing. Basically, you do nothing. You don't respond to the dog until they give you some sort of behavior you want. So, I mean, you can mark and reward any of those where the dog sits, and you literally, like, look at the dog immediately, and be like, yes, good boy, and give him a treat. If that's how that takes place, the dog might make that connection going, oh... This is easier than I thought. This human really likes when I lay down, too. So let me do that. Dog lays down. Yes, good boy. Gets another treat. Now, I haven't asked the dog for anything. At this moment in time, as I'm free shaping the behavior I want from, from this new dog that I've just met in a home that I've never been in before, meeting a human family that I don't know, I'm going to do this so that the dog actually associates me with a couple of different things. One, he, he starts to figure out, I can't jump on this guy. It just doesn't have any kind of valid acknowledgement. Nothing works well when this happens. However, if I, as the dog, sit or lay down, he automatically recognizes my effort. He rewards me for it. He praises me. I get affection. Hey, that's pretty great. Let me do those behaviors instead. And every time I want to jump, 
I start realizing that he's just going to turn around and not look at me. There will be no treats. Maybe I should just lay down instead. And a lot of dogs are so willing to please any human, especially a new novel guest that has food-based rewards. This dog's going to want to do that and quickly adapt to the new behavior that the human is, is exhibiting. And we're, like I said, we're capturing that exact moment that the dog gets the right answer after minutes of getting all the wrong answer, becoming frustrated and confused and maybe, you know, a little agitated because, hey, man, I jump on everybody and they love me. And why aren't you, why aren't you responding to that? So, I mean, that's a really, really good example. And, and, you know, to take this a little bit further, if we're working on uh, place training, for if we have a dog that's laying down um, on their on their bed, you know, uh, so in the case of place training, maybe a raised dog bed, and uh, the dog is walks over to it and lays down on it on their own, how she respond to that? You know, you didn't tell the dog to do it. Reward it. You know, if your dog is is used to pestering you when you're tired and you don't want to play with them or you can't engage with them and then they what you really want you know, let's say you're not feeling well this is a good example if you're feeling under the weather hopefully it's not covid but or whatever um if the if you're not feeling well and you can't engage with the dog you don't want the, the frantic behavior of playing fetch or or tug um maybe you don't want to go for a long walk maybe you don't want to play in, in the backyard or have the dog retrieve a, 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 a tree branch or a stick that you throw well, you know, maybe you want the dog to lay down. So let's just say if the dog does lay down after being frustrated and bored and you reward that, even if you look at the dog and pet the dog and say, good boy, and pet the dog twice, that's at least confirmation and a positive reward marker saying you did the right thing. You made the right choice. And choice is a big part of this. So For me, free shaping is the dog figuring it out. It's not me telling the dog what to do. Because you can certainly do luring. You could do uh, all kinds of luring and shaping with food. You can uh, get the dog into the right body positions by using leash pressure, spatial pressure, hand gestures, eye contact. um, Also, verbal cues. Plus, your own body language. Are you approaching the dog, moving towards the dog, leaning into the dog, stepping, walking into the dog. Um, all that stuff is very meaningful. And most of it's nonverbal. You know, most of it is not you, not you saying the dog's name and down, or the dog's name is sit, or whatever the command may be. I quite like this because I think it's super important for the dog to figure out, hey, there's certain things that this that this human likes. If I just do them, everything seems to work out for me. And when they do, it does get rewarded. That's the other key thing. You have to be acting towards the dog that you're not paying attention to their bad behavior. Which again, I understand in a case where the dog's jumping and, you know, basically putting their claws into your stomach, chest or back, it's not fun. But if you can endure it for a moment or two, just so the dog gets confused, frustrated, loses interest, and then does the, the behavior you really want, 
and usually in the case of the dog jumping, I'm looking specifically for the opposite behavior. So that's why I'm waiting. I'm not waiting for the dog to, to sit to reward the dog. I'm waiting for the dog to lay all the way down. And, you know, like I said, in place training where, you know, if you teach your dog to go to place, if they go to place on their own, you certainly should reward that because you want more of that behavior. And the dog just happened to hit the right note. They, they, they happened to, to, to play the right thing on the piano that sounded good to you. So you mark and reward that because, yes, you want that repeated. You want that to be a consistent behavior. So in that uh, situation where, like, you know, you're, you're not feeling well, you don't really want to play tug or run around in the backyard and play fetch or something like that, and you want the dog to lay down, uh, and you ignore the dog because you're not feeling well. Well, the dog lays down, and then you reward the dog with attention, affection, praise, and food, if you have it. But really, the attention and affection and praise, that's free. You can dole that out at any time, but as long as you're doing it as it happens. And then, friends, what I would do is I would wait for the moment where the dog isn't just laying on their bed on place. It's when they put their head all the way down. Now, this is this is something that uh, I, I speak I've been speaking quite a bit about uh, Fernando Gonzalez from uh, Two Tails training in uh, Colorado Springs. And he has a master class that uh, if any of you are listening, um, definitely sign up for that thing. Uh, it's twotailstraining.com, and his master class is fantastic. It goes over the use of uh, different tools, conditioning a dog to an e-collar, teaching the dog to, you know, Plays, go to plays and calm themselves. And basically it, it instills impulse control to a dog that really doesn't understand. But the marking and rewarding of the dog laying down, marking and rewarding of the dog putting their head down, or in the case where the, the dog is sitting and Fernando does a great job of, of describing the different body positions, he was saying like the, the sphinx pose of a dog. So meaning their elbows are on the, their front elbows are on the, on the ground. Their, their body is on the ground, but their back legs are straight underneath them, kind of spring loaded. They're, they're waiting to jump up. They're waiting to stand up. Not until they roll their hips to the side that they're actually deciding that they're going to stay there for a little bit. So that's one mark and reward, when the dog goes from sphinx to rolling the hips. And then the next one is from the rolled hips position, you're waiting for the dog to put their chin down on, on, their, you know, on their legs or lay all the way down on, on, on place. Now, I don't believe in the master class. He rewards that exact moment. But I'm going to tell you guys, I do. And the reason why I'm doing that is that I want that behavior to be necessary in the dog's brain. It's got to be a checkbox in the dog's head to say, huh, who's really super excited about doing something like tug or play. It didn't work out for me. I got a little stressed out about that. Then they start feeling that, that stress as, as a mild pressure. So how do they resolve that? They decided, oh, I got bored with the human and I went over here and I laid down. And then I put my head all the way down and my human loves that. So I should do this more often when I feel this way. That's not to say my dog should skip playing with me. 
But in that instance where you're not feeling well and you're kind of sitting on the couch or lying in the bed and just not doing well, but the dog kind of gives up in pestering you and you mark and reward the, the behavior you want, such as this calmer behavior, you're conditioning a lot of good stuff in, in that dog's behavior. You're teaching the dog what's, what's really important for being uh, a member of a, of, of a household, a human household. You know, you don't have to guard this. You don't have to. You don't have to do much. You can work for your food and the stuff that that I organically reward. You lay down, I reward you. Um, you come when called, I reward you. Um, I ask you to do stuff that may be a little difficult, and I reward you. So it's an easier way to convince your dog that this is a good thing. But I think unlocking the dog's light bulb on moment where their their light bulb goes on in their brain and they said, oh, I got it. I know what they want now. And this is so easy. That's the other thing. You're taking away a lot of pressure. You're adding some frustration. So there's, there is pressure there. And, you know, I, I can definitely say to a lot of you, you know, you come home from work and you're just happy to be home first of all but of course you want to see your friend you want to see your your companion you want your dog you want your dog and you're so glad that they're so excited and happy to see you but if you're rewarding that excited state then that's pretty much what the dog thinks that emotionally how they want you they they want you uh, they, they want to you only engage with them when when you're that excited so that means the dog's going to always turn it up to 10 then they're jumping on you, and then they're knocking into you and you know, maybe cutting in front of your feet. You're doing all these other things. If you just wait it out for when the dog relaxes, you are also conditioning an emotional response to the behavior they just did and showing them the exact opposite. So instead of excited jumping, you're rewarding for laying down submissive and, and also relaxed. And I see... Absolutely nothing wrong with doing something like that in the one narrow little lens of uh, of entering through a house and the dog being rewarded for you know the behavior that we want, not the not the behavior that they offer all the time. Because as we know, dogs make bad decisions. They're impulsive. They're not taught. They have to be taught to be um, to control their impulses. It doesn't come to them naturally. However, a lot of you out there might have conditioned a lot of this stuff just blindly. And, and what I would say to that is a lot of times that's like a, a, the blind squirrel finds a nut. You know, it's not that you're, you know, you're not some dummy that doesn't know what you're doing. You just not, you're not aware of how you shaped their behavior um, without really any input. You're just showing the dog, hey, I like it when you do this. You know, sometimes it's just a little silly behavior, like you allow your dog, when the dog walks up to you, to stick their nose underneath your arm and then kind of like flip your arm onto their head or onto their back so that you, they can initiate and physically engage with you to get affection. I mean, some people love that when their dogs do that. Uh, some people hate it. And, and I, I, I got to admit, it's not a great behavior. I don't, I don't like to... Encourage it for a lot of dogs because some some you know pretty pushy dogs could could get out of hand with that, and they don't really understand that's a physical boundary. And perfect example of that is you know everybody's holding you know a thousand dollar device, 
you know, in their hands right now. You're holding an iPhone. You're ho- you're holding an Android device that is not cheap, and you have a 60 pound Belgian Malinois like I have that nudges your arm the right way, and that phone goes flying. Uh, yeah, that's that's not cool. <clears throat> but if you, if the dog did it to you once and was greeted by the biggest smile and affection and praise and full eye contact and the dog's oxytocin is just popping in their brain and they're really loving things because you're, you're paying attention to them in this way. Um, you know, Hey, chances are they're going to repeat that. So, you know, I mean, they, they do free shaping as well. It's just them experimenting with things until they get it right. And, uh, if, if they're getting the results they want, you know, they, they want affection, they want, they want your engagement and that's one way to do it. Um, and you reward it, it's going to get repeated. But likewise, like if you folded your arms at that moment when they, you know, nudged you with their muzzle and you turned away from them and the dog kind of like looked at you and, oh, oh, geez, sorry, and then laid down at your feet and then you rewarded them, that dog instantly is going to go, oh, I get it. Not that thing, this thing instead. I should do this instead. Oh, I got it. Good, good. And then they'll offer it. And that's that's the, the key that I'm trying to unlock here with you guys. The, the, the key I'm trying to use to unlock that behavior. We do want our dogs to seek out these solutions. And I think what's a little more important about this, too, is that, you know, we might underestimate our dogs a little bit. You know, we might tell them what to do far more often than we need to. And why don't we let them figure it out, especially once the the relationship has been a little bit more established. So this isn't a a dog that you just rescued last week. Of course, even if it is, you should do that. Because my example is I'm just meeting this family. I'm just meeting this dog. I'm in a new house. I've never been there before. Didn't even know what the dog looked like before I rang the doorbell. Pardon me. I had to get a sip of water. Um. Even though I didn't know anything about that, I just started right away showing the dog the behaviors that they'll get out of me are easily unlocked. And the key to unlock that is give me a behavior that works for both of us. And then I immediately reward it. So any of you you within the sound of my voice that want to repeat this stuff, this is like positive, positive training. You know, you are giving them some adversives. You, you're, you're turning away from them. You're shutting off attention. To me, as, if you listen to this podcast, you know I kind of rattle off what are the rewards for a dog. And number one is attention. That attention and engagement is what the dog lives for. Especially if you're their, their favorite human, they want you to look at them and talk to them. They want, they want you to, to know that you're thinking about them and you're paying attention. And, of course, they want affection. So that person they love so much and they just got them to look, they want the affection too. The next layer of that is, is praise. They want to know, did I, do, did I do good? Do you like me? And, of course, you say, good boy, good girl, good job. You know, you, oh, look at the pretty girl. Whatever it is, all, all these positive words that would, that would pour out when the dog's doing something and you want to... Affirm that they're making the right choice. Yeah. And then food or play. So some of this can be considered like, you know, if, if the dog's jumping on you at, 
at the doorway, if you look at them, you're paying attention. Uh, if you smile and you pat them for a second, oh, nice dog, now it's time to get off. I mean, you've given them attention, affection, you praise them a little bit, and then you push them away. Uh, I can argue that's like a little bit of a wrestling match. So then what you have there is you have almost everything with the exception of food. If you added food onto that, on top of that, the dog's like, okay, jumping is the thing I got to do because this is what works. This is what I'm supposed to do. It's so important. They're feeding me. I mean, if you're feeding them too, it's kind of insane. But you can see there's, a, there, there's this time and place where you're going to reward stuff just because it happened and to explain to the dog, to, to communicate effectively with that canine, do more of this. It's a survival skill. You will be able to feed yourself if you do stuff like this around me. When you do these other things, zero happens. Now, I mean, of course, there could be some sort of corrections for kinds of behaviors when you're free shaping. For example, the jumping. What if the dog jumps on me? And every time they jump on me, I turn on a, a, a noisemaker that, that startles the dog. So, of course, the, the dog will consider that as an aversive and not really like it. And maybe just avoid doing it because they're afraid. So you can take both avenues on this. When I would go to the adversive would be literally the dog just doesn't get it. And they have an unlimited energy tank where they're just going to keep going hard at that behavior over and over and over and over again. But in the, in the sense of, you know, hey, this is an average dog. Uh, they, they burn themselves out pretty quick. I mean, I'm not talking about a high-end working dog here. I'm talking about your average pet dog. They'll get bored with whatever behavior that is pretty quick because it doesn't get them what they need. You know, a, a great example, another one, let's just say the dog runs into your bathroom and just grabs the rug that's, that's on your bathroom floor, comes out with it in her mouth. What do you do? If you instantly shout her name, jump to your feet, and chase the dog, it's game on. And the dog got everything it wanted. The only thing it doesn't have is food. But now all of a sudden, you are fully engaged with that. If that never worked, like if the dog ran, you're sitting in your living room, you know, feet up on the couch, dog comes strolling into the living room with bathroom mat in her mouth. And you get up, instead of chasing her, you walked into the kitchen and got yourself a glass of water. And came back and laid down. Now, this is hypothetical. I realize if this dog is shredding this thing and chewing on this object, we have to do something. But in this hypothetical situation, the dog just wants to be chased. The dog wants a, a game of tug. And she thinks this is the way to go about doing that. If that never works, if you never look at the dog, if you never chase the dog... The dog might just go, ah, I don't even like doing this. I don't know why I tried it in the first place. But it's that first time. That's when the dog will recognize that this is a behavior worthy for me to repeat as the dog. I want to repeat this because look what happens. I get attention. It works like gangbusters. It's, it's awesome. So let's take, take the fuel away from that. Take the oxygen out of, uh, of a flame 
And number one way is the dog loses you lose the dog's attention. You walk away. You won't engage with the dog. And again, this free shaping this behavior. You're not telling the dog what to do. You're not screaming, drop it. You're not going there. If you go there, you're engaging with the dog. That's exactly what they want. If she realizes that this isn't a toy, the human doesn't want to play with it, they lose all interest in me when I have it in my mouth, they'll spit it out and probably just give up. And then when they go and lay down or they follow you and they sit while you're in the kitchen getting your glass of water and they sit, you turn and go, good girl, pat her on the head, say something nice, and maybe give her a little piece of cheese or something, that dog's going to be convinced that 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 was the better choice. And that's also where you're going to start developing some sort of self-soothing and and impulse control. Because if the dog is repeatedly rewarded for doing something that goes from an excited state to a calm state, the dog's going to be looking for those opportunities to be calm and get rewarded. Because what's... Listen, if I told you going on vacation will give you get you a bonus at work, you're going to go on vacation and you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. But you're also going to be looking for all these micro opportunities to relax to see if you get rewarded for that same behavior. I mean, I know it's absurd to, to just bring that analogy up, but really, you're teaching your dog, have a nap, chill out, I'll give you treats. Have a nap, lay next to me, get rewarded, get affection, get praise. You're always a good boy or a good girl when you do this. So that's convincing the dog, doing what you want to do And it's very low overhead. Most of the time, you're not even adding the food. You're just doing the praise. So just think about the the encapsulation of some of these behaviors. I mean, the, the, the bothering to play and then laying down and being rewarded for that. Laying on place instead of sitting like the Sphinx and ready to spring up at, at any given moment. Rolling the hips, laying the head down, and truly relaxing. Usually there's this this big exhale where the dog is like, okay, I'm going to be here for a while. And you're like, <sighs> and when they do, reward it. Reward it because you're telling the dog, yep, I need that. But don't do it in an excited fashion. Just just reward the dog. Good boy. Good job. And if you do that, the dog's going to know that that's, something beha- that that's some behavior that should be repeated. Something valuable. Well, friends, that's about all I have for today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, don't forget, check out missionreliefnj.com. Use coupon code CASPER for 20% off everything except for the bundles, and you get free shipping. Um, Social media. Follow on social media. Um, Subscribe, follow, and like. Share this podcast to show your appreciation, to show your support, and to share it with friends who definitely need some help dog training. I think it's a good subtle way to go, hey, um, I heard this good podcast, and I know your, your dog could use a little bit of help, so here, try this out. Might work for you. And don't forget, it always makes me smile when I see somebody who subscribes, and it's a big thank you to me. It really does help the, the growth of the podcast and keeps me coming back for more. All right, guys. Hope all is well. Take care of yourselves. Uh, we're expecting a snowstorm here uh, tonight into tomorrow in the sunny state of New Jersey in the end of February, which basically the whole... State of New Jersey kind of looks like an ashtray at this time of year, but it's very gray, very kind of like charred in a lot of different ways, and uh, spring is right around the corner. All right. Be well, friends. Stay safe.